Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, good morning, New Jersey. It is Thursday, June the 11th. This is the Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm Bob Williams, along with our host, Jim Gerhardt. And Jim, among the many things we're going to talk about today, we're going to ask the audience for their uh, opinions and possibly solutions on how can America close the lid on Pandora's box? Boy, do we have it. You know, for years, we've been opening with uh, a program that asked the question, where are we going and why are we the handbaskets? But I tell you, grip the gunnels tight because the handbasket, we are sure in it and it's hurtling on. I made a list. Uh, but one thing, it's, it's very difficult to talk about anything. First of all, uh, you're kind of afraid to say something because there is a grievance industry out there working at full tilt over time. Uh, everybody l- looking for a chance to be uh, uh, somehow ha- to, to be demeaned are... are uh, somehow the uh, uh, offended. That's been going on for a while, but I think it's reached an intensity now that's almost overwhelming. And as you know, people will say the most innocent things, and all of a sudden they're in risk of uh, losing their jobs. There's a, uh, for example, and I digress a little bit here, but I just saw this. There is a college professor at UCLA who is now under police protection because he said that he was not going to follow a demand that at UCLA, black students get a free ride during the exams. They, 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 they just go right through it with a passing grade. Well, if you look at something like that, who ultimately gets hurt? It's the student who was missing that part of an education and instruction. And that's going to come back to bite him on the tail when he finds out that uh, because maybe something he didn't do is sort of part of his thing. And uh, he does not end up with the competence that he would have had he had a regular education and not given a free ride. And uh, therefore, it's going to make it more difficult uh, for him to make his way in the world. Okay, so back. Uh, Somebody once said, you can't survey the swamp when you're up to your neck in alligators. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. I think, I don't think he said neck, but but here's here is where we are. Now I made a list. Uh, we'll get to some of the the more current things later. I made a list here. We're talking about Pandora's box, which was opened and all the evils of the world uh, flew out to pl- all the plagues to plague mankind. Consider this: when we sit. We have, of course, the pandemic, which we've pretty much forgotten about now. They're still going on of a, of a deadly disease. We have civil chaos, public disorder. We have environmental devastation. We have a toxic food supply. We have water and air pollution. Uh, we have very weak, incompetent leadership. Leaders concerned only about protecting their, their own backsides. Uh, we have a mass lack of direction and values, no goals, no national goals, really. And crime, 
we have uh, uh, toxic information, really. I guess one way you could put it with media. Right. Really can't. Was, yeah, rather, rather than fact-driven. And we could go on and on. I mean, you and in New Jersey, I don't even mention the snakehead fish in New Jersey. That's <laughs> been came out of the box. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the stupid stuff you see on television, the uh, Peroni, I got Peroni's disease epidemic, ED, you know, ring around the collar yeah. and all of these heavy things. So we're in deep doo-doo right now in on many, many fronts. Where this goes, it's extremely difficult to try to predict where the whole thing is going. Uh, so far as putting the lid now on the box from which these plagues came, I don't know. I, I had a thought, and this again is a thought. I'm not proposing this as any kind of a theory. But every military coup that I can remember that took place in the world started because of domestic disturbances and situations such as we have now, which got out of hand and in the perception of military, which generally is uh, their conservative-leaning organizations, there comes a point when somebody gets together and says, look, we got to stop in or move in and stop this. This, this is Fitz uh, Alexander Teitler. Remember the Scottish historian who said that democracy cannot last mm -hmm. because eventually, and he gave all of these stages that a democracy has to go through, and it ends with this kind of turmoil because he says that the public will figure out very quickly in a democracy, they can vote themselves the lion's share of the treasury. And then the economy will ultimately collapse. And a democracy historically, starting with the Greek democracy, every attempted at democracy except their own now, has fallen and been replaced by a, a dictator, military dictatorship. I think what the left is pushing for is in concert with this, but they are not looking at it as a military takeover, but a political takeover by one political faction, which is them. This is the, the progressive left in this country, seeing that a takeover, they're plotting a takeover. Now, I don't know this, obviously. I will bet, though, that somewhere in the military, there are contingency plans being drawn for this. When does this get out of hand? You know, uh, something is going on right now that is our worst nightmare. And the nightmare, I think I've mentioned this before, because I, I said I, I, I feared this, but now it, it seems to be here. Here you have a crisis. You have chaos. You have mobs you know, running the streets in many, many cities now unrestrained because they're actually being encouraged by the, the local political structure. And your life and your property are threatened. So who do you turn to? You turn to the government to protect you. Right. Only to find that the government is on the side of those attacking you. And I, I mentioned that before when the gun control business comes up. Why do people, why are they buying all these guns? I don't think they're sitting back there uh, saying, well, these are all uh, what paramilitary organizations are going to try to overthrow the government. No, I think they have foreseen something just like that, that the way things were going in this country, it would seem everybody seems to feel ultimate chaos. It's like the train in the old Western movie. Train is roaring down the tracks. It's out of control. The conductor uh, you know, it was back and everybody's fighting over some political matter other than the cars. 
the engineer is texting, and the bridge is out up ahead. Yeah, right. And this this seems just just headlong rush into chaos, and uh, I think people see that, but people have feared the way things are going that they cannot rely on the government would not be able to to uh, protect them at a time of trouble. Now it turns out that's absolutely true. We can see it in all the large cities. And of course, the police uh, are now this, this absolute insanity to rein in, to unfund, and to, to uh, somehow abandon police departments. This is absolute craziness. Yeah. If you do not have, if you have laws, and laws are meant to keep order. If you have laws, you have to have some enforcement of those laws. Everybody is not going to voluntarily agree to everything. And if you do not have any enforcement of the law, the winner is the person who does not abide by the law, by definition. Yeah. So here you've got these terrible situations in Chicago. What is it, Memorial Day weekend? Yes. I think it was just Memorial Day. 45 right. people were murdered. Yeah, crazy. And a lot of those were innocent people. These, though, you could say, well, these are all gang members, you know, good for them. No, not at all. I mean, all the collateral damage is huge in these children, women, people, totally innocent. I don't see anybody out in the street demonstrating to stop that uh, at all. Now, if you have no law enforcement at all, this is going to multiply many times. There are going to be multiples of this, of course. Right. So where it goes, I do not know. And as I said, I, I, I we can sit here. And have these alligators in the swamp uh, uh, snapping at us. And what do you do? I don't know. What tree do we climb? I don't know. I'll ask the questions. Anybody know? I'd love to hear from you. Where do we go from here? We're in deep, deep doo-doo. Yep. The neighbors. Yep. And, you know, we're talking about how many politicians need to be publicly humiliated or become or their jurisdictions become you know victims of violence before everybody realizes that the current plan for reform may not be the best way jim there's got to be a better way i mean we've got to think this out i mean obviously there are issues that really of need to be discussed. of course there is i mean these things could be done a point has been made now it's time to settle down and thrash out what you do but not have politicians do it in panic for their own sake for their own power, their own reelection, it has to. Be, but I don't see that anywhere because look at the political class we have allowed. See, one thing that's hurting us right now, uh, while we're being steamrolled in this whole thing, is that we set back since the, I guess, the early '90s or the late '80s, and allowed ourselves to fall under the very stern dictates of political correctness. Now, political correctness, simplified, is that you are subjected to the fantasy of somebody else and you have to believe it and live by somebody else's utopian notion and yet as as everybody laughed at it but of all kind of jokes but people still knuckled under for it uh, to it certain things you can do certain things you can think certain things, words you can't say and the like uh, the the total annihilation of the concept of the First Amendment, which we don't have right now. I mean, how can a school principal in New Jersey say something that's perfectly true and logical, and yet have to get out on his knees and grovel? Uh, the professional ball players with sackcloth and ashes, and having to wear a hair shirt under their jersey during the season, 
for saying something that's perfectly perfectly logical and innocent. Right. But we have allowed that to happen to us. Here's uh, what people are seeing now in this country. Our, our people in other countries are seeing in this country. This America was the sign, the symbol internationally of freedom. And Americans were the people the rest of the world looked to as the freest and the most passionate defenders of that freedom on earth. But now what happens? The emperor had no clothes, right? Ah, yes. Yeah, right now we found out that we Americans are a paper tiger. This uh, highly valued and, and envied passion for defense of freedom has turned out to be just the hollow of the old house of cards right now, collapsing at the first puff. Yeah. And here we are, I sitting back. So you tell me what the next phase, the next step is going to be. I don't know. Does anybody know? We only know the, the political people are playing this to their own advantage. They're taking advantage of the crisis like mad. Yes, and it's an election year, so that really has a lot to do with it. I mean, a lot of these uh, ideas that are coming out here really are not have based on any sort of fact and really, really strong data that's going to cause... Uh, you know, real, real change. You know, Jim, uh, we were talking yesterday, I, and I had uh, suggested, I think you you'd watched a little bit of it. I saw this, uh, my son told me to watch this uh, uh, documentary on Netflix. It's called The 13th, about the 13th Amendment, about the Emancipation Proclamation. And it was a fascinating documentary by Netflix, talking about the last uh, 50, 60 years on how uh, race relations have gone and uh, the problems that have existed over the years. And basically, in a nutshell, if you haven't seen it, it basically talks about how the prison population has quadrupled since uh, early 1970s up till today. It's gone from a couple of hundred thousand to over two or three million now. And a lot of that is uh, blamed on drug arrests, which uh, started really going hard and heavy back in the, the early uh, early 80s, right up through today. And laws have been passed by all kinds of politicians over the years to really crack down on that. Um, that's a real systemic problem. And I also learned in that that uh, the prison system, what an amazing, amazing industry that the federal prison system is. That is a major, major cash cow for many people. And they are driven, their profits are driven on the amount of the the, the, the vacancy or the, uh, the, the population. The the volume, the yes. So the more people that are incarcerated, the more money these companies are going to make, the more money that the, the prison builders are going to make, the more that the food services and all the support staffs, all the doctors and medical and everybody that's helping with the prison system. It is an amazing, amazing uh, disgrace on how we... It's an industry. It's an yeah. industry as opposed to a system. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which 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 led me to believe uh, to start thinking about uh, suggestions for uh, improving what we've got going on today. How about we start with outlawing federal lobbying, government lobbying? God grant. Isn't that a crazy, crazy suggestion? I mean, you think about it. If you didn't have lobbyists. Legal lobbyists, which are putting money in the pockets of politicians but from both parties, and they've been doing it for ages. If you were to outlaw that and, and just let the governor, uh, let the uh, legislators govern without any sort of undue influence, can you imagine how much greater and more objective our uh, political system would be?
I mean, I'm not just talking about the uh, the the prison system. I'm talking about think about it. How much money is uh, lobbied for the drug industry, the opioids, mm-hmm. uh, family planning? Uh, how many unions and companies and industries have un uh, unfair influence through government lobbying, paid lobbying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, stuff stuffing a little bit in so so and so's pocket. If that was outlawed. But the problem I'm thinking that well, that may not be able to be done through regular legislation. I think no. it's done through a referendum ballot question open to the entire nation. Yes or no? Should government lobbying, monetary lobbying, be le- become illegal and banned? Well, you see, there's a problem with, with government reform. This, uh, this system has been incrementally tuned to create the maximum financial opportunity for those players in the system, which generally are our elected officials. And so they've got this system, which is uh, sort of, uh, well, it's self-perpetuating, because the only way to change the system, the only only force that can change the system, is the players in the system. They have created the system. They wallow in the system. They love the system. It works to their advantage. And you you think they're going to sit down and vote to change it? Right, it's, it's, not, it's not going to happen. You t- here, here's an example. I, I think, or, or, uh, uh, well, what would you say? A bit of fallout from what you're talking about. The uh, police who are under fire right now, as they were back in the '90s in New Jersey. Uh, sometimes this this animosity will sort of burn itself out. The enthusiasm, the energy behind it. But anyway, everybody seems to be going after police right now. People resent authority. Uh, but here's the thing. Now, they say, well, look, look at all the bad police, the, the, uh, the police in, in Milwaukee and the other very tragic incidents that, uh, that have occurred. And you say, well, why was, did they allow a person like that to stay in the department? I mean, this was, this was a, a powder keg ready to explode. Right. Well, here is the simple reason. Police know this. Police jurisdictions, the authorities, the people, they know you've got people in that or a person. Perhaps maybe some don't, God willing. But you know, you can see a person when they're about to get into some kind of trouble. You can't stop it at that point because of union rules. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The unions, the public workers unions are the strongest unions in America. Uh, the police and firemen's unions are the most, uh, the strongest. Right. And they have rules that you cannot do that. I mean, there are all kind of incidents in which you know that something bad is going to happen, or they know they can't stop it until it's happened, and then it's too late. So I don't know. My guess is, and it's purely a guess, that even in Milwaukee or these other cities, when these cops who do terrible things, when... At some point, it became evident to somebody that this guy is a problem. This is going to be trouble. But you can't do anything about it. Now, how did the unions get all of this power? This is mostly through the Democratic organizations uh, who had lobbied. Talk about lobbying. And the union lobbyists are, I think they are the largest lobbying uh, combine or group in the country right now, are, are public workers unions. Well, how do you deal with that? I, I uh, and again, <laughs> this is a party who has dug us into this pit 
the Democratic leadership, has dug us into this pit. And I don't know how they figured to dig us out. I don't know that they've thought about that. Right. This is using this crisis to gain power is what the game is. Once you get it, it's kind of like a dog or a group of dogs, if you want, who chase cars. Yeah. And they chase cars. All of a sudden, one day they catch one and the dog sit there and say, well, what do we do now? What do we do with it? And well, so the chase, uh, the, the, the lust for power, of course, is the energy that's going here. There is an African proverb, and I know it's an African proverb because it was a title of a novel back in the 50s called Something of Value. And it dealt with the South African situation. Uh, but the, the moral was, and this was based on a local saying, never destroy something until you have something of value to replace it. Right. Now, we are seeing our democracy, as we have known it, destroyed, certainly attacked. But nobody's proposing anything better specifically right. at all that, that I know of anyway. Right. Well, you talked about uh, the unions having such power. And let's go back to our state here. Uh, how did Governor Murphy get uh, elected? He, he bought they it. Gal- they galv- well, yeah. And then they galvanized the union votes, oh, yeah. the yeah. public worker unions. They got out there in droves. You know, people are asking the, the regular uh, the, the regular citizen, like, how the heck did this guy get in? I voted. I didn't vote for him. But, yeah, it's the it's the public workers unions that got him elected by a pretty fair margin, too. To prove that is the fact that the reason that Chris Christie got elected over John Corzine was that the unions did not back Corzine enthusiastically. They gave a little bit of lip service, but essentially the unions never galvanized their workers and their influence to support the Democratic Party candidate. That's the only time that's happened, certainly in memory. Lisa Thomas, uh, a viewer today, says, we need more third-party options and people to stop voting the two-party system. Bravo, Lisa. I just wish we could get Uh, enough people to go along with that sort of thing. We need peace on Earth and an end to hunger and all of these, these, these pies in the sky, yeah. But getting them is the problem, not needing them. And the system is so sewed up, so screwed up that I, you know, I sit and I lament and I get sick when I see what's going on and see that a, a, a beautiful system potentially, you know, on paper in the Constitution is being destroyed. On the other hand, there's some of me that says it has to be destroyed. It can't go on the way it is. And of course, we need these things. But and everybody would agree. You know, maybe it's one of the few things we would agree to. But we can't because we have allowed this political structure. Now what we have going on is an American Taliban. Taliban, you know what the name Taliban means? Do you know what it means? Huh? No. Local language in uh, in Pakistan for teacher or students. I'm sorry. A student can be teacher, too. But essentially, it's students. Now, who is is out there fomenting much of this uh, discontent? Uh, yeah, you call them students or enrollees. I don't know what they're studying except uh, mayhem. But uh, it, it almost is like that. And they are as draconian that people can be destroyed. As I mentioned, the professor, uh, we had the with the teacher, the uh, with, uh, school official in New Jersey who said something. And all of a sudden, everybody has to hit their knees and grovel and uh, rend their garments, you know, and gnash their teeth in outer darkness because they had a thought that was not in concert 
with this current thought. Every everything you believe, everything every anybody believes is something you've heard or you've been told. You weren't born with that knowledge. <laughs> you weren't particularly brought up with it. Uh, a very wise person once said, anyone who purports to tell you what the meaning of life is and what the world is all about is suffering from a serious mental disease. Mm. And the point is, here we are, these creatures riding a rock through space. Nobody knows where it came from, where it's going, what's going on. And so anybody's illusion, delusion, mythology is as good as anybody else's. But you have to pick one and you buy it. It's like the Chinese, the traditional legendary Chinese restaurant menu, column A, B, and C. Right. So you take religion from column A, <laughs> you take your political <laughs> affiliation from column B, and you've got a, a choice there. So we're all operating really under a delusion. And the mass delusion now is this pie-in-the-sky progressive business uh, that is patently impossible to achieve. Yeah. And if you want to get into something that uh, goes down another road, but in a historic perspective, we as a creature are bound by our genetics, our, our environment, and our status where we are on the evolutionary road. In my opinion, one of our problems is we have not evolved far enough to accept true equality, brotherhood, peace, because we still have a very strong part of our brain, this medulla, which is the old center of fear, aggression, and territoriality. It's very strong. Every It's built into you to try to get one up on your neighbor, on anybody else, because going back when our genes were developing, uh, historically or evolutionarily, that there was a limited amount of resources to keep you alive, like food, clothes, shelter, and the like. And you always had to be in competition with other groups or other people. And so you naturally have this will, what, uh, what Nietzsche and Schopenhauer call the will to power. And you still have that, somebody trying to get one up. And so you do have this in varying degrees. Some people are just over supercharged with the lust for power right they become our political leaders and in which the main agenda is perpetuating that power rather than serving those of us who are trying to keep up with it right. anyway that's uh th that is a, 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 a another path to go down at another time so i i think it, so it's pretty indicative of the fact that i for one and i think many people just thoroughly confused about what's going on and the fact is compounded by the fact that we can't believe our sources of information because they are all agenda driven. Very unreliable. Yep. So how do you arrive? How do you arrive at a solid opinion? Right. I don't know. You so, tell uh, me. So before we uh, before we wrap up here, uh, this week at Governor Murphy's uh, press conferences, you know, it's basically he's giving us the um, the message: do as I say, not as I do. I mean, the governor participated in a couple of uh, protests over the uh, last week, going against his own uh, rules of uh, public gatherings and social distancing. He basically violated that. Uh, so he's basically, you know, going against what he said. So I got the question for us. Who's the knucklehead now? I mean, really? I mean, and, and who, what, are we to, what are we to believe, Jim? 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm on I'm on pins and needles right now, waiting to see if there's going to be a spike in the COVID cases since all of the uh, mass protests have occurred throughout New Jersey that's, that's, and throughout the country. Yeah, that's a very good question. See what's going to happen. The, the well, again, it's, it's, part, it's part of democratic policy. You and some of these cities and these states, you cannot go out of your house except on what urgent business, which right. was supposed to be. You don't go out and you keep a distance when you do, but you go for food, you go for medicine, you go for family matters. And they had, and now to riot. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they add that. to it. So so that apparently and these you know, I hate to keep harping on this in a sense, because I'm really just terribly disappointed in the party that I had once supported, which isn't that party anymore. Uh, this seems to be the thing that uh, the uh, that, as you said, the, the, the mayors, the leaders want to be big brother. They impose these draconian rules, but the rules do not hold up if it comes into conflict with what they consider to be their agenda, right. which is votes and perpetuation well, of power. I'll tell you, I think the next week or so is going to be very interesting because I think people are past the point of even wanting to comply. Um, Asbury Park, the town council just passed a, uh, a new uh, ordinance that's starting Monday. Indoor dining will be allowed at reduced uh, capacity. Indoor, not just outdoor, and that's above and beyond what the governor is allowing at this point. Also, South Jersey, Jeff Van Drew, who uh, obviously turned from Democrat to Republican earlier this year, he's been petitioning the governor and he's not been getting answers on how about a plan for South Jersey. South Jersey wasn't hit as hard as Central and North Jersey with the cases. They got to get back to work. So he is uh, looking to put some sort of plan together on, on behalf of his constituents. So it's going to be a very interesting week, Jim. I think we're pretty much past, you know, the, the patience level here. The problem is that you are looking at this, and, and many people tend to look at this from a standpoint of logic and reason. There is no reason and logic in this. This is some sort of a chaotic uh, anarchic uh, energy that's abroad in the land right now. Let, let me do something quick before we get through. I guess we're getting close to yeah, Chuck we're, we're Barrett. Yep. yep, Chuck Barrett. I, I see him down you the know what, You know what last uh, or last Saturday was? Uh, that was uh, June 6th. Oh, a D-Day. Yes. Yeah. Did you hear anything much about D-Day with all this crap going on? Not much. The invasion. Now, here, here is what we missed because we were too busy out doing whatever is being done, uh, the chaos, we're contributing to the chaos. D-Day, the longest day, the Normandy invasion. Now, here is just a thought, and I'll end with this. And I promise I'll zip it up after this, but I almost have to say it. Uh, it passed almost without notice. And because the information, the news we get, has been upstaged completely and pushed off the stage by people who are, quote, demonstrating. Now, have you ever given thought to the fact that had not these people been willing to give their lives, did give their lives, to keep the country free under the Constitution to protect your right to demonstrate? And so you're only getting away with this because of the sacrifice these people made. And yet nobody paid any attention to that. Uh, it's uh, it's a terrible thought. 
what would have happened had they not done that? Had they not won the war? Have you thought of what this would be like? There would be no minorities of any kind. I think the Nazis had taken over. Yeah, a lot of people say we'd be speaking German if they if they didn't uh, if the D-Day invasion did not but happen. Only people that they approved of as Aryan pure would be speaking that German. Right. They really had no patience, as you say. The horrors, the horrors, the horrors that went on would have continued and maybe increased once they get into fertile territory here. So I I I I think it was a mistake to get carried away with this particular energy that's going on out there to the neglect of looking back and seeing what gave you the power to be able to get away with this. Yeah. The sacrifice of these people who kept an enemy that would have destroyed you and many of us. So anyway, that's it. I rest my case. Uh, God be with everyone. Namaste. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, Just quick. I keep saying that, but we're told we, we are shaking hands is over, right? I mean, that we're through with that. Fist bumping uh, also is kind of questionable. How about, right. how about going to our, you get live long and prosper. That would work. The Vulcan. <laughs> That's okay. a good one. But I'm suggesting this beautiful, beautiful Asian tradition of putting your hands together to a person saying namaste. I do that to people and I'm amazed the number of people who do it back. And it's a beautiful thing. When you shake hands, that means you're going to be sure the guy's not carrying a knife to stick you with or a right. gun to shoot you with. <laughs> But this doesn't. Namaste simply says the spirit in me recognizes the holiness of the spirit in you. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so I will leave you on that. Everybody, namaste. Namaste. See you next week. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.